This morning, uh, I want to take you on a journey, and I want us to dream big. I want us to dream big. Three weeks ago, we talked about thinking big. Two weeks ago, praying big. Today, I want to dream big. And my greatest fear as a pastor is that some of us will get our lives on cruise control and we'll lose all significance. That's a dangerous place to be. Let me show you why it's dangerous. Look at Proverbs 29, verse 18. This is the message translation. It says, if people can't see... And that's what I want to do today. I want to help you see. I want to help you see God's plan because if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And I think that's really the danger of our culture right now is that we see things on the news or we read a newspaper and, and we start to panic and it causes mass hysteria and chaos because if we can't see God painting on a bigger canvas and working in the midst of all of that mess... It can scare us. One translation of this verse says, when they can't see it, they wander aimlessly. But, the verse concludes, when they attend to what he reveals, when they attend to what God is speaking to us, they are most blessed. Whenever you're really clear on what God is doing, when you're clear on where God is going, and you're dreaming big dreams, it brings purpose and clarity and meaning to our lives. In fact, one of the most fulfilling things a person can say is, I'm living out my God-focused, God-sized dreams. In 2007, uh, Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman made a movie called The Bucket List. Anybody see that movie? Okay, if you haven't seen it, I don't feel bad. I'm sharing spoilers today because you've had 12 years. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, these two guys are dying of cancer. And uh, they decide they, they want to make a list of things that they want to do before they kick the bucket. And they think that's going to happen in a few months. And so they make this list. They travel the world. They do all of these thrill type of things. But the moral of the story is all of those things ultimately were not fulfilling. But the most meaningful things were the ones that impacted other people's lives. And it's a little bit of a rough movie in spots. I don't even know if I could fully recommend it. But the moral of the story is pretty cool. Around that same time, I made my own bucket list of just things that I would love to see happen. And honestly, I think all of you should take a few moments this week and write out a list. Think about it. Dream big. Pray about it. And that's what I did. And I've added to the list since then. But I just started out writing out big dreams. And I would encourage you to write out, put thrill dreams and fun dreams and places you want to travel and things you want to do, but also include spiritually focused dreams. Put those on your list as well. What would you like to do to impact other people's lives? What would you like to do that would have significance attached to it? Write some of these things out. And so I wrote out 50. I want to grow that list, but 50 is where it, is, it stands currently. And I even wrote out some crazy things. And let me just tell you, there's going to be a tension when you do that. Because when you write out crazy things, there's a tension that builds between something that's actually achievable and what you think is not possible. And here's where the tension happens, is do you still write it down even if you don't think it's possible? And the answer to that question is absolutely yes. You write it down because God loves big dreams. You're going to see why in this message you need to have things on your list that are completely impossible because it it challenges the way you pray, it challenges the way you live, and God loves fulfilling big dreams. We serve a God of the impossible. He loves doing impossible things. Can anybody say amen to that? I mean, that's what he does. And so put things on there that you go, that that would never happen. I have things like that on, on mine. I actually thought about publishing my list, putting it on Facebook or something, but 
Some of these are pretty personal to me, so I decline to do so, but I want to just share some of mine with you. These are some of my bucket lists. Some of these I've already accomplished. Um, the first one I want, this was in 2007, I want my wife to give birth to a son. Check, check. I got two of those. I'm excited about that. My, my family, um, uh, so I'm the last, I'm not the last Johnson, but I'm the last Johnson in our family. My uncle and my dad, my uncle had three daughters. You met him last week and he had one son, but the son tragically died in a car accident. And then my dad had two daughters and me. So I had, it was on me. <laughs> and so I wanted to have a son and, and so they could carry on the family name. I love that. So that was that, that we did that one. I, I want to adopt a child. That's something I have a very big heart to do, my wife and I both. That was not something that was initially on my bucket list, but it's something I'm very passionate about now. In fact, you're gonna think we're crazy, but we dream big and we're planning big and we already have, we've got all the nursery stuff. We're ready to go. We've got a, we've got a, uh, um, a crib and we've got diapers, we've got bottles. I mean, if a baby showed up on my doorstep, there'd be no hesitation. We'd go, yep, this is ours. We're taking it right here. <laughs> I mean, like that's where we're at. And, but you know, it's expensive and there's just a lot of hoops to jump through. But again, if somebody knows of a baby that needs a home, we'll love that baby and we'll lead that baby to Jesus. Um, I want to baptize all my children. I had the honor of baptizing my son, Zach, a few years ago. And what a special moment that was for me. I want to do that with all my kids. Uh, I want my sons to marry women I love. I know they're going to love them, but I want to love them. You know, <laughs> so I, get about, like, I want them to marry women that I love. That's a bucket list for me. Um, I want to attend a Miami Dolphins Super Bowl championship. <laughs> I said dream big. They're awful. They're going to be the worst team in the league this year. Speaking of that, I've always been a Dolphins fan. I don't know why. Probably because of Dan Marino. I want to meet Dan Marino. That seems impossible. Like, I have no connections to Dan, but I just, I love the way he revolutionized the passing game, and I, he has a son with autism, so I just, I would love to just shake his hand and spend five minutes with Marino. That's on my list. I want to drive a Lamborghini. <laughs> Even if it's to United. Let's go. Come on. Just, I mean, I'll go 30. I just want to be in a Lamborghini. Anybody got a Lambo? I could just, we can check that one off today. Okay, no. Um, I want to take my parents on a foreign mission trip. That's one of my bucket lists. I would love to take them on a mission trip out. They don't even know that. They're hearing that for the first time today, but it's been on my list. I want to take them on a foreign mission trip with me. I want to eat chicken McNuggets in all 50 states. It's so dumb, but I've done it in 31, so I'm close. <laughs> we literally, we went to the East Coast, and we went to Boston, and then we drove up to Maine, and so we went to, like, New Hampshire, we, like, we did the whole, and, like, we would literally just stop at a McDonald's and get a Happy Meal and just eat some nuggets and then go to the next state, just so I could say, checked it off, right, I got that off my list. I want to fill the Coliseum to capacity with community worship. That's something that I want, I love to happen this next year. I, I have a dream, a big, it's a big dream. Uh, we've done something like that for, for Christian rock. This is not Red Letter Rock. I, I want to have a big band, a, a casting crowds for King and Country, some big band to come and play and make it completely free, absolutely free for the whole community to come and worship Jesus together, maybe on Good Friday before the biggest day of the year. I would love for that to happen. Uh, and that's kind of a big dream, and I can't financially pull that off on my own, but I'm just believing that, God, God that's my dream, and I'm, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to dream. I want to go on a pilgrimage of the Holy Land. That's something I really, really want to do. My, my wife, I'll say, what's your dream vacation? She'll say, Hawaii, Europe. She goes, what's yours? 
Jerusalem. Like I, that's not, but that's, I want to go so bad. I want to get rebaptized in the Jordan River. I, would, I, I can knock both those out on the same trip. That's awesome. I want to hear both my sons preach a sermon. That's something I desire to do. I want to visit all 32 NFL stadiums. I've been to 18. I'm going to knock out a couple more before the year's over. I want to take my son Zach to WrestleMania because he's a big WWE fan and we're going to go to WrestleMania eventually. I want to eat Katie Spence's strawberry cake again. Uh, This is a true story. Rebecca's laughing right now because this is probably on her. So we had, so Wednesday night, we have a, a legit meal. I don't know if you've ever had Katie's cooking, but it's, it's really good. Dr. Pepper pulled pork, come on somebody. And uh, so this last week she made this strawberry, and I love strawberries, I love anything strawberry. You make me strawberry, we're gonna be best friends. But she made strawberry cake and it was amazing. It was so good. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can you get an amen? It was so good. So she made me a to-go, like this big of a to-go. I'm like, oh, wow. And so I went home and I wasn't a gluttonous person, so I stuck it in the fridge. I said, I'll eat it all tomorrow because I already had some that day. And so Thursday, I'm thinking about it all day long, and I get home, and JC and Rebecca have eaten all of it. (laughs) (laughs) This is so bad. I called Katie. I'm like, you have any more of that cake? She said, I gave it all away. Isn't that awful? So that's on my bucket list now, Katie. Uh, She's not here today, but I I know she's watching. I want to write a book that truly helps people. I don't want to just write a book. People write books all the time. I want to write a book that people read and that helps people in some significant way. I shared this one two weeks ago. I want to have 1,132 people in our service on a Sunday. I want that to happen. That's one-tenth of our population in Snyder, and that's on my bucket list. And uh, we're about a third of the way there, uh, the way that things are going. But that means we're going to have to open up multiple services in Jesus' name. That needs to happen. By the way, I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. So just get prepared for that. In every church research uh, book that I've read, if you're 80% to capacity, you're 100% to capacity. Meaning, if a guest comes in and they can't sit where they wanna sit and they can't park where they wanna park and the only place available is right here on the second row, they won't come back. And so when you're at 80% capacity, you say, we need to open up another service. Well, excluding June and July, which were good months for us, but it's just a natural summer slump, If you look at April, May, and even in August, we're at 87 to 93% capacity in this building. So we're there, and we need to start talking about adding more services so we can reach this number of 1132. This one's gonna scare some of you, but, and I know this is not happening now, I'm talking about dreaming big. I wanna launch five Colonial Hill campuses all over West Texas. I don't want to just have a life-giving church here. I want to have a life-giving church wherever God wants us to have one, in Post or in, in, in Gale or maybe in C-City. Wherever God calls us, said this, this city needs a life-giving church. Why can't we be the church to plant the church to help them have a life-giving and train people up and send them out? I want to do that. You're like, whoa, whoa, you just got here. I know, I know. It's a big dream. And we've got to get ourselves to a place where we can do that. But I would love for us to, why can't we be a generation that affects other generations and other communities? That's, I'm, I'm dreaming big. I want to dream big. I want you to dream big. I want to give away, I said this two weeks ago, I want to give away a million dollars to missions in one year. You say, Reed, that's impossible. Our entire church budget isn't a million dollars for a whole year. I know. And it's still on my bucket list. How cool would that be to say Colonial Hill Baptist Church gave away a million dollars this year? We gave it away to help people find the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. And that's just 20 of my 50. I've got ones that are bigger than that, but I want, you to, I want to lead you to become dreamers again this morning. And I say again because all of you dreamed as you were young, right? You, you dreamed those dreams, but somewhere along the way, you abandoned those dreams. And I want to show you why it's critically important for you to live out your dreams. If you're taking notes, jot this down. The first thing is dreams are the language of God. Like that's how he talks. And someone says, I've never heard the audible voice of God, Pastor Reed. Yeah, you have. If you've ever had a God-honoring, God-sized dream, you've heard God. That's how God talks. You say, Pastor Reed, why does he talk that way? Why doesn't he just use English <laughs> or some language I understand? Because God wants to take you outside of your reality. God is not confined to our limitations. He's in his own dimension. He's not limited to the laws of gravity or the laws of science or the laws of earth. And so when he speaks to you, he often wants to take you outside of those things as well. And the only way he can do that is to give you a picture. Let me show you this in scripture. This is absolutely true. Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, and by the way, I, I truly believe we're in the last days. Uh, since Jesus was on the earth, there have been signs of the end times that have been happening. We're the first generation where all of the signs are happening simultaneously. And in the last days, God's going to ramp up his dreams inside of people. You're going to see more in the last days because the time is more critical. So he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And when my spirit is poured out, here's what that looks like. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So prophecy, visions, and dreams. In other words, all three of those things are pictures in your mind of things that have not happened yet. And that's what I want to give you. It's a language of God. I want to give you this. I want God saying, I want to give you these prophecies and visions and dreams, things that have not come to fruition. Here's the second thing. Dreams are the target of your faith. They're the target of your faith. So some people ask, well, read what's faith? How do I get faith? Well, faith has to have an object attached to it that hasn't happened yet. So you can't have faith without a target. Dreams become the target of your faith. In other words, there's nothing to pray for or believe God for if there's not something out there you're hoping might happen. Does that make sense? You must have a target before your faith can take action. And a lot of people say, well, I don't have any faith. Yeah, because you don't have any God-sized dreams. You don't have a target. If you don't have a target, you won't have faith. If you do have a target, you will have faith. Look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. This is the New Living Translation. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we don't see it happening yet, but in my spirit, I see it. In my mind's eye, I see it. I hope for it. And now my faith has a place to go. This is so cool. I want this for you because I'm trying to make your Christian walk meaningful. And that walk cannot be meaningful if your faith doesn't have a target. So what's the target? It's your big dreams. It's hopes that you're, you're wanting God to come through for. It's the things God shows you in your spirit that you believe. You know what? I want to pray. God, I'm going to trust you for this. I love dreaming. I found myself dreaming about this place and where I would love to leave this place when we pass it on to the next generation. Whoever takes this from me. By the way, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I love this place. I already made my reservations for the 100th anniversary. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll still be here if you'll still have me. 
but there will be a day we'll pass this off to the next generation. And I thought, well, what do I want that to look like? What would I love to leave as this legacy for the next pastor? And I wrote down some new bucket list things that these are some things that I would love to see. You know what I don't want this? I don't want it to be 370 on Sundays. I don't want that. If this is all we ever amount to, then I'll be very disappointed. Listen, we've got to continue to grow. We have to continue to grow. As long as heaven and hell are real places, that, that's our goal and our job that Christ has given us in the Great Commission. If we have 370 next August, I'm going to drive you crazy because like, we've got to keep going. Every single week, I write down our number. I'm a numbers guy because numbers mean people, and people means life change, and life change means eternity changed. And so we've got to continue to grow. We've got to continue to grow. Our church needs some targets. Here's the third thing, is dreams have a habit of coming true. They have a habit of coming true. They really do. I mean, you think about the audacious, culture-defying, seemingly impossible dream that 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence had. All of society at that time said, there's no way we can be independent of England. And no, 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 56 signers said, oh, we believe that's possible. And they signed it. In their mind's eye, they saw it all coming to fruition. It had not come to fruition yet. But in their mind's eye, they said, yeah, I think this is possible. And they signed the Declaration of Independence. America is a miracle. But it took someone believing the impossible could happen. Think about the 69 charter members who said, let's start a church on the west side of town 65 years ago. And we're all beneficiaries of that today. Why can't we be the generation that is putting campuses in other communities and touching other lives in West Texas? Why can't we be that for someone else? But we got to dream big. We got to dream big. Luke 137 says, for nothing. Everybody say nothing. Turn to your partner and say nothing. Turn to your neighbor and say nothing. Nothing's impossible. Nothing is impossible for God. I want to get you believing God again for something that is impossible to do. What stops us from doing that, from asking God for the impossible? Let me give you three potential reasons on why we could be stopped. Number one is a wrong view of life. Just, it's just a wrong view of life. For a lot of people, life becomes a distraction for what God wants to do. Let me say it this way. This reality becomes your reality. In other words, a lot of people get nervous about decisions that the Supreme Court makes or uh, tragedies that happen or the meaningless slaughter of lives in El Paso. And those things are very real. I'm not saying those things are not very real, but we can't allow those things to pull us down. Now is the time for the church of Jesus to rise up and be at her best. Don't be nervous about what goes on in the world. I'm telling you, God is setting the stage for us to be salt and light, and light shines best in the darkness. And so it's gonna get dark before it gets light because that's our role is to come in and be that light of Christ and to be that salt of the earth. Don't be nervous, just keep loving on people. Bring everybody in, all walks of life, whatever they're going through, they're welcomed here to hear the life-transforming word of God. Laws don't change people's hearts anyway. God does. This will be the church's finest hour. Does anybody believe that? Okay. And then that becomes our reality, right? You just read the news. Oh, no. Oh, no. Right? You get so wrapped up in that. Listen, if you don't have something bigger in your life, then life will become really big for you. But if you start focusing on some big dreams and you realize you got a big God, you start thinking big and praying big, 
Here's the second potential stopping point is you have a wrong view of yourself. Some of you have gone through so much in your life that you've actually thought, well, you know, that's good for you, preacher. I kind of expected you to say that, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what my life looks like. And if that's you, you need to stop and let God stoop down and pull you out of that mess and make you great. That's what Psalm 35 is all about. He'll take you out of whatever you're in the middle of. That's what God does. God sees greatness in you that you don't even see in yourself. Doesn't matter what you've done, God still has a plan for your life and will use you mightily. Listen to me, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you, I don't care what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you've done. God has a plan for you. It's way bigger than you could ever imagine. You can ever imagine. (laughs) Wherever you are, God can pull you up out of that and make you great. And the problem is we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are. You can't see yourself the way that you see yourself. You have to see yourself the way that God sees you. It's very important. I want you to get God's picture for your life. Look at this. This is the last one. It's the wrong view of God because that could also stop us. We forget we serve a powerful God, a mighty God, a nothing is impossible God. And for some of us, we're praying boring prayers. Lord, help us to have a good day today. Really? That's your prayer? Why don't we pray something like, God, send a mighty revival to Snyder so that our church can go out and we can impact our city and we can impact our state, we can impact our country, we can impact our planet. Lord, change the world through Colonial Hill Baptist Church. Why can't we make that our prayer? Like, let's do it. Why, what, what are we waiting on? We had 1,400 people join us on Facebook Live last week. Hello to all of our Facebook Live family, by the way, and all those watching on TV. We're glad you're here. But like... With technology, why can't we change and impact the world? Let's pray big prayers. Let's dream big, church. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's morbid. (laughs) If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul. Right? Like, like, what, what, what are you doing? Dream big. Somebody say dream big. Dream big. No, say it big. Dream big. Dream yeah. Big. Jeremiah 32, 7 says, Oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for our Lord. That's the kind of prayers we need to pray. I want us to dream God-honoring dreams. But I'm just going to warn you, God dreams are going to be risky. They're going to seem risky. Why? Because it's a faith step. I like to think of it as like a big leap. So if you're looking for the easy route, that's not how God rolls. He doesn't take easy routes, he requires faith. When I was uh, called to be the youth pastor here in 2005, a lot of you don't know this story, uh, but I was serving at a church, a big Baptist church in Austin, and uh, it was a thriving youth group who had just lost their youth pastor. And so I'm at their church, I'm serving just kind of in a layperson capacity. I wasn't on staff, I just as a layperson, but I had a pretty prominent role there. And um, so I get called to come in view of a call to be the uh, youth pastor here at Colonial Hill. This is in March of 2005. So I came on a Wednesday and I spent some time with the youth group and uh, it went really well. And so Friday, so Sunday, the church is gonna vote. And Friday, I get a phone call from the church in Austin and they said, we would like to ask you to come in view of a call to be our next youth pastor. And I said, well, 
I'm in Snyder in view of God to be their next youth pastor. And they said, well, let us know what you decide. We'll be praying for you and with you. So on Saturday, I wasn't even married at the time. Jason and I were, were um, moving towards marriage, but we weren't married. And uh, I remember going to my mom's house and we sat on the guest bed on Saturday night and we just started weighing out the pros and cons. Let me tell you, that church had more pros than you did. Um, it was more money. It was way more students. There was 150 students already. So I got to take over a pretty big group. Whereas here, I think there were 12 on the first Sunday I was here. Um, there was, it's a, it was a bigger city. We were already there. We didn't have to move. We already had friends and community. Obviously, we had family. There were some pros in this column, but you know what I saw? I saw in, in, in my mind's eye, I saw what this could be. I saw 150, 200 students coming to church in Snyder, Texas at Colonial Hill. I started dreaming big. And kind of the end of the story, I still didn't have a piece about it because it didn't make sense. And sometimes it seems risky, like the easy move, it's more money, it's more kids, it's more stability. It's a a church that I already have connections to. I didn't really know Tommy Colwell at the time. I didn't know if I'd mesh with him and gel with him. I knew the pastor there. Like there was just a lot of, it seemed risky. And we prayed about it and prayed about it. We still didn't have a piece about it. This is such a cool ending to the, to the story, the God story. And this is how God speaks. I love that last song we sang, D, about you know, speak to me. It's out of 1 Samuel 3. Like, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. And, and that's what I was like, God, speak. I need you to speak really clearly. And um, so anyway, I came out and gave my little spiel. And I went back to Tommy's office. And uh, they said, we're going to count the votes. And I didn't have a piece. I didn't have a piece about this job. I said, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I mean, this is, it just seemed risky, if I can be honest. So JC and I were in there and we were holding each other's hands and I said, let's just pray. And I said, God, I just want to know with 100% certainty. I just want 100% certainty in my heart. I don't want 99. I want 100% certainty in my heart. This is where I'm supposed to be because I'm fixing to have to go out there and give you an answer whether or not I accept the job if indeed the vote comes through. And so I'm praying, I'm praying to God 100% certainty. And then about that time, Tommy opens the door and he goes, well, this has never happened. Unanimous vote, 100%. And it was just like God saying, that's what you asked for. And that, that's pretty wild. Is that like kind of wild? Like there, you think there'd be one nefarious kid going, nope. Like, <laughs> there's just, it was so cool. That's what I needed. And I was so thankful that last week, uh, or two weeks ago, I should say, that, that our new youth pastor, Josh Green, also had a unanimous vote, 100%. I love that. I love how supportive you are. Let me tell you something, it gives you a lot more confidence stepping into a role when you have 100% of the people saying, we like you already. I love that. And, and so I just say, sometimes you dream big dreams and, and it's kind of like jumping out of an airplane. That's one of my 50, by the way. Anybody want to jump out of an airplane with me? Let's go. Oh, wow, there's a lot of hands. Come on, somebody. Let's get a mission trip. Uh, <laughs> I would love to do that, but it sounds fun to jump out. But I've, I've never done it, but I've talked to, one of my buddies has done it, and he said it's, it's, the, it's the moment when the, when the plane doors open, and you got, you're so excited, and then you go, never mind, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't want to do it anymore. And I want you to dream big dreams so much so that, that you're standing on the edge saying, God, if you don't open this chute, I'm a goner. Like, I want you to dream so big that, that God has to come through for you, that it would seem risky. I want you to experience the thrill of leading someone to Christ. That's kind of risky because you don't know how they're going to respond. I want you to experience the thrill. I want you to experience the thrill of going, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to make my ends meet at the end of the month, but I'm going to honor God with my tithe. 
I want you to experience the thrill of a mission trip where you're going somewhere you've never been before. By the way, next Sunday night and the following Sunday night, we're gonna have um, some mission trip reports. Now, I remember growing up going and hearing the mission report and that being not that fun. This is gonna be fun. I want you to come. It's gonna be so good. So next Sunday night on the 1st, Barbara Leatherwood's gonna come and share her experience in Africa. And the following Sunday night, the whole team that went to Brazil that we do every single summer is gonna come share their report. Now, I've never been to Brazil. I've been to the neighboring country, Bolivia. And let me just tell you, it changed. You think you're gonna go change them and you leave going, you just, you're changed. And when I look back at the spiritual mile markers that really formed me as a human being, one of my top five is my trip to Bolivia, no doubt about it. Billy Mabin can attest, it was an amazing, he and I went together, it was an amazing time together, just watching. I, I would love for you, some of you need, that's, that's, you need to dream big and go, okay, I wanna go. When's the next Brazil trip? Let's sign you up, let's get some money going and let's get you there. For some of you, it means quitting your job and downsizing so you can spend more time with your children. That seems risky, I get it. But let me just say, as, as a pastor, I've never sat with somebody in hospice who said, I wish I would have worked more hours. I've never heard that. It's I wish I would have spent more time with my family. For others, it's leaving the current situation you're in because you know it's a compromise. And I know it seems risky, but God's nudging you to that door. Why do you keep holding on to the sides of the plane? Hebrews 11.6 says this, without faith, you gotta have faith when you do some of these big dreams. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. That's what he wants. He wants you to earnestly, fervently, all your heart, go after God. Here's number two. A God dream will require God involvement. So I want you to dream a dream that is so big that if God doesn't show up, it's not happening. I want to live life so big that only God could have pulled it off so that I could stand on this stage and you can say, well, I know, Reed, and there ain't no way that's going to happen on his volition. Like on his own power, it had to be God. Like that's what I want to happen so that things happen around me and it's not me, but all the glory. They may see my good deeds and they praise my father in heaven. They just go, wow, like God did that. Not Reed, it was God. Pray those kind of prayers, dream those kind of dreams. I want you to live life, not according to your bigness, but God's bigness. Look at Ephesians 3, 20. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasur we can't even measure how much more, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. I want this for you, church. I'm praying this for you, and I want everyone to, to be able to sense what it's like to have God's power at work within you. Where you go, man, that wasn't even me. That was just God in me. That was totally God. Here's the last one, and that is a, good, a God dream will change lives. At the end of the day, it's not about McNuggets in Michigan. And it's not about driving fancy sports cars or Super Bowl championships or lavish vacations overseas. And that's all great and it's fun. Praise God for those things. But if you're honest, at the end of the day, you know that's not what your life is about. Can I tell you what your life's about? Your life is about making a difference in somebody else's life. That's what your life's about. Look me in my eyes and hear this, all right? Your life's purpose, your greatest purpose is when your life intersects with somebody else's life. It's not about your money. It's not about your job. 
And every one of you, regardless of where you've come from or what you've done, every one of you have a place in God's grand design. Believe it or not, before you were here, your plan was in place, and then you showed up. The thing for you to do was there first, and then God created you. So all of your life is pointing toward that thing. So let's dream big. I want to close with this verse and then a prayer. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 11. This is, again, the message. I just really love how this language puts it. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Long before you ever thought about Jesus, he was watching you. Had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. You are part of his purpose. His overall purpose that he's working out in our generation. So here's my prayer. Disturb us, Lord, when we're too pleased with our lives as they are right now, when our dreams have come true because we've dreamed too little, when we've arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord. I'd love for us to all bow our heads and close our eyes, and I want to pray for you. I want you to dream big, church. Come on, let your mind dream big. Stir people's hearts, God. Even in this moment, God, dreams that might have died, God, rebirth them in us. Because dreams have a habit of coming true. And we're gonna depend on you. And really, none of this is possible outside of a personal relationship with God. Let me say it this way, it all starts there. So the cool thing about God is he knows your past, but he wants to give you a blank page today, a fresh start. God wants to completely renew your life. So the deal is, if you want him to do that, you gotta completely surrender everything to him today. And the best illustration I could possibly give you is, is you're in the passenger seat now and you're letting God take the wheel. And there's a temptation to say, well, God, let me, let me make this turn. No, 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 he's in control. And you're just along for the ride. And I'd love to give somebody an opportunity today to say, I want to trust Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior today. Like I'm making that commitment because I know that to have God dreams, I got to have God. And I want to start a relationship with him today. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you stand up or come to the front or do a dance. All I'm asking. But I think there needs to be some, some level of boldness and commitment. So I am going to ask you in just a minute to slip your hand up because I'm going to pray for you. And I want to know who I'm praying for. I'm going to pray that God would save you today, that you begin a relationship with him today. And so if that's you and you say, Reed, would you please include me in your prayer? Would you slip up your hand right now so I know who I'm praying for? Awesome. Awesome. I see you. Anybody else? I love it. All right, you can put your hands down. Okay, the scriptures say in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So I just want you to confess this with me, all right? You can just whisper this over your lips. Just mean it in your heart is the only real thing. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you came to earth to die for my sins, that you were buried, and that you rose again. And God, I believe that you gave your life for me. And so today, I willingly surrender my life to you. 
come into my life, take the steering wheel, and lead me from this day forward. Thank you for forgiveness of every sin, past, present, and future. And thank you that there's no condemnation because now I am in Christ Jesus. And then just tell him you love him in your own personal way. Jesus, we do love you, and we ask this in your name. And all God's people said, amen. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap for all of those who put their faith in Jesus today? That never gets old. Come on, church. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it.